0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to E-Fab. Who are you talking to? I appreciate you being in the space with me. Here's the rundown. I'm going to share my mindless rambles, concerns and opinions. You may choose to listen. Then afterwards, I'm going to ask you to follow me all over the Internet because I'm at e HB everywhere. My blog, my name, Facebook, Twitter. You got it. It's my sincerest hope that my humanity inspires, excites, and touches your humanity. All right, so let's start the show. Hey, thank you so much for supporting my podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Listen, this episode has a lot, I repeat, a lot of profanity. Please skip this episode if you are in the company of young kids, tweens, teens, and young adults, or if you are easily triggered by profanity, this is not the episode for you. So please skip this episode and check out some other episodes of my podcast. Please consider yourself warned. Thank you. So today I want to talk about um, everything not Coming up roses, but that being okay, because that's the way life is. Life ebbs and flows. Sometimes you're fighting off the sadness, and sometimes you're overwhelmed with gratitude and happiness. Um, You know, being human is not a perfect science. So um, I suffer from depression. I have multiple triggers, and that sometimes is amplified when I am trying to manage my sarcoidosis. So that's just kind of like my my life now, like I'm great, I'm an amazing person, but you know, I'm also flawed, I get sad, um, I get sick, and that's life, and I refuse to apologize for it. So if there's anyone out there living with a chronic illness, living with um, cancer, fighting cancer, battling lupus, I applaud you, I commend you, I think you're brave, and keep going. That is, uh, my heart is with you because I know what it's like. am um, and I'm always kind of like over-examining my feelings of brokenness around my autoimmune disease. So, um, sometimes, you know, my sarcoidosis and depression, they aren't readily visible because I can function very well, um, in my day to day. I don't, I'm not a public facing figure. So, I can move around and navigate as best as I can and just kind of push everything back to the shadows. And then sometimes there's times where I need to withdraw from the world um, because everything is really heavy on my physicality and uh, my emotions. One of my last blog posts that I wrote is called Fighting Off the Sadness. And I basically talk about how um, I was triggered And it was because I had to change some light bulbs in my house. So indulge me for a moment as I tell you how that all came about. So um, I come home and I have really pretty can lights in my house. Uh, I also have eight foot ceilings. So that means you got to put the ladder down. You got to go fetch them bulbs. You got to get up on that ladder and get the bulbs, get them down not a problem. I do it all the time. But for the last couple of months, I just didn't feel like it. Like I was tired. I was fatigued coming in from work. Like I work all day. I have a very long commute. That's like an hour and 45 each way. And then when I get home, it's like the last of my energy goes to my child and to my dog's. And I, that's non-negotiable. Like all the love and energy that I have left has to go to the people and mammals I love the most. So for a while, I've noticed that these bulbs were out and I just noticed the longer I left it, I kept getting really, really sad about it and pissed. And the reason I got sad is because when I was married, I was an inside girl. I did, I took care of everything on the inside and it was not all that. And I was not a very good housekeeper because I was a brand new mom. I was struggling to save my career because I knew I had to leave my job. I was depressed. I had postpartum depression. It was a lot of shit going on. So, um, I used to like clean for like 10 and 12 hours on Saturday and Sundays. Um, I don't really think that's sufficient so I'm just gonna say I wasn't good at what I was supposed to be responsible for which was the inside of the house now loving the child and taking care of the child and bringing home money and taking care of the dogs and taking care of everybody else but myself oh yeah great at that so great at that so um (laughs) um I was the inside girl and my ex-husband was the outside guy like he's very handy um that is one of the things that I loved about him is he was not only smart and could hold an intellectual conversation, he was physically good with his hands. And my dad was good with his hands. And so I just, men who are good with their hands and have big, beautiful brains, that's my jaw. Like you good looking, you smart and you good with your hands, you can fix stuff. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's sexy. Very very sexy. So he was the outside guy, he was the guy that fixed stuff. I was the inside girl. So uh when a bulb went out, he got up on that ladder, bloop, 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 and it was fixed. When things went around, you know, went wrong around the house, he did whatever he did, bloop, 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 magic. If I wanted a pergola, so yeah, I did want a pergola, he built it by hand. We looked at a pergola at Home Depot and and then he was like, I can build you one better. And then he did with his bare fucking hands. And it was beautiful. And I, I never got to tell him. I mean, I did tell him that he did an amazing job. But I never got to tell him from my heart, like, thank you. Like, I recognize that you fucking badass. Uh, but it was too late. My marriage was falling apart. So eh, missed the <laughs> I missed opportunity. But every time I go... And stand in that pergola, or I sit in that pergola and I turn on those lights, I am amazed and I marvel at his moxie and his brilliance and his talent. So, yeah, so back to these bulbs all the damn bulbs out. There was like there was a bulb out in like at least three rooms, and I was like, okay, you got to get the ladder, you got to get up and change these bulbs. So, I ordered the bulbs, had the bulbs delivered, got the ladder, and as I'm climbing up the ladder. I'm I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted, and like I'm talking to my kid. And I'm like, okay, let's do these math problems. I'm gonna do the math problems and climb the ladder, and as I'm climbing up the ladder, like my inner limy, which is the the your subconscious that gives you like negative self talk, so my inner limy is like going ham. Like I'm saying some really bad stuff to myself, and I realized that doing these repairs and Realizing that everything that concerns this house, everything that concerns me and my kids life and my dogs, everything has always been on my shoulders. The weight and the weight of being solely responsible for everything is so crushing sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Let's just admit that. So, like, you know, I was saying things to myself like men don't leave their wives. But this asshole show left you. Holding a kid, the debt, and feeling very unloved. And I'm like telling myself in my head, like, what what you going to say that for? Are we on top of a ladder. Like, what's going on? Um, you know, and I was, I was taught by the actions, not the words, by the actions of my family, that women have no value if they aren't loved by men. Like, there was something wrong with you. If you were really intelligent and you intimidated men, or if you did not have a study partner, um, you know, like adultery was on the table if you got a man. It's just, it was wild. And and of course, I rejected that because I believed that, why why should I have to settle for less? And now, don't get me wrong. I mean, we can go into previous podcast episodes where I've told you up front, I have settled for less on many an occasion. And I'm sure that it is directly linked to the fact that I was taught that I had no value because I was smart and I had no value because I was dark skinned and I had no value because I didn't have a study partner and I wasn't valued by men. So, I mean, yeah, I'm 46. I really don't give a fuck about that shit now. You like me, you like me, you don't, you don't, fuck you. But I do feel like that definitely like, you know, the misogyny, misogynistic men in my family and the way my... Um, my mother's family was definitely contributed to me feeling like that. Um, And I would hear those things when I was a little kid and I just carried it with me into adulthood. So I'm telling myself all of this negative, negative shit. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm getting angry because I'm like, I got to do this all by myself. I got to change all the light bulbs. Like I am just, you know, having a rough time of it every time I went up and down a ladder. I think I was just getting more sad. I was getting more angry. And, you know, when I got to the last light bulb, I decided to use some techniques I learned in therapy and to just turn the shit around. So I started to say to myself, you are fucking brave. You are brave because you did not actually stay in a dysfunctional marriage. And you are teaching your child that, People deserve to be loved and people deserve to be treated kind and people deserve not to be cheated on and people deserve respect and you are fucking brave for doing that. You might be alone for the rest of your motherfucking life, but your ass is brave. (laughs) So, um, you know, I started to tell myself that yes, I am alone, but I refuse to be treated Like a bag of sack of shit. And I refuse to lower myself in a situation which puts my physical health, my finances, and my mental health at risk. And then I started to think, like, you're right, you're right. And so my inner negative self-talk started getting smaller and smaller. And then I told myself, you have peace, you have joy and you have love in your home. And a lot of people don't have that. And that's because you stood up and you just moved forward and you refuse to be the fucking punching bag for someone else's brokenness. And you are showing your kid that if this happens to you, you could be brave, too. And you're showing your child that no one deserves to be in an unhealthy relationship. Being in an unhealthy relationship is fucking unacceptable. It just is. Um, so I started that, that last light bulb. I was like, "Yeah, it's like you, you the MVP. You the real MVP. I don't care what nobody say. They say you're not the MVP. You tell them, fuck no, I'm the MVP." So I started feeling like the MVP for real. And then I just kind of started telling myself other beautiful things. Like, you know, my dark skin is beautiful to those who value my humanity. And, you know, this world is sick with racism and colorism. And I reject it. I reject having anybody that participates in colorism in my fucking space. Get in where you fit in. And, you know, I also told myself, you know, this is going to wear off. And I'm healing at my own pace. And that's okay because I'm still hurt about a lot of things all through my life. Not just my broken marriage. I know I sound like a broken record because I'm always talking about it. And not just from my sarcoidosis. And not just because... um, I'm doing this whole thing by myself. Like, growing up on 79th Street in Chicago, I never wanted to be a single mother because I saw how hard it was. I saw how horrible they treated single mothers. I saw how horrible it was that men pimped women who really just wanted to be validated. I saw it with my own eyes. Never, ever wanted to be in that situation. Like, okay, backstory. Prior to meeting my husband in Belgium, I never... I would get married and have children. Um, I was 28, 29 years old. I was in New York. I was DJing. Um, I was traveling. And I was having a bad time of relationships. And so I finally decided, like, I'm just going to have a string of lovers. I'm just not going to have a relationship. I'm not going to get married. I'm not going to get serious about anybody. I'm not going to have kids. I'm good with that. Done. I loved my job being an accountant. I loved being a DJ. Music, numbers, Travel. That's what I loved. And then, yeah, I go to Belgium. I fall in love. Blah, blah, blah. Have beautiful. Baby. Blah, blah, blah. Get divorced. Blah, blah, blah. Blog. And then kind of slowly been turning myself around. And so I'm here now. Uh, But yeah, so I've always been very hyper aware of how abusive life has been. Life is for single black mothers, for black women in general, for dark skinned black women, for women who are exceptionally intelligent, for women who don't conform to Western society's ideals or parameters for black women. I've always, always known how hard it is. And my family, when I was a little girl, kind of never let me forget, like, you're a very smart weirdo and nobody's going to want you. So. Yeah, I've always been there. And so I've always been trying to heal myself from that. Just, you know, like, let me get out of this, whatever this is, if other people project on me. I've always been trying to heal from that. And I am. And so, um, you know, I titled this podcast, Everything is Not Coming Up Roses. And that's okay because that's life, because that is life. And don't get me wrong. I have a good life. Like I have done some things in my lifetime that people won't do in three lifetimes. I'm a bad motherfucker. Don't get it twisted. But I'm also human. And I think that we see all of these images of the black superwoman always. Like we can't cry. We can't have a nervous breakdown. We can't uh, be soul crushed. We just got to be strong and strong and strong and sassy. And all of these fucking tropes. I just want to be human. God gave me free will. And unfortunately, because of the oppression of black people in the United States of America, I'm not totally free. So I just figured with the free will and which I can't control, I would just like to enjoy my humanity. So I'm redefining freedom for myself, Uh, whether it's in happiness or sadness, that's freedom. And so I repeat all these gut mantras And I felt really proud of myself because I didn't cry. And we all know I'm a crybaby. So I gave myself 15,000 gold stars because I didn't cry. Yay, me! And I just realized, like, hey, this is a trigger. When you do repairs, you feel the weight of the world on your shoulders because it's only you. And this is your trigger. And that's okay. And you're human. And you're also a badass goddamn goddess with depression. And that was it. (laughs) So, uh, this is my love letter to, uh, all of us that suffer from depression, all of us who are in temporary depression, because maybe you're depressed because of trauma, because you've had some severe life changes, um, muddle through it. That's my advice. Uh, be thankful every day you wake up and it might not go your way, but just be thankful that you woke up and be optimistic about tomorrow. Right. Tomorrow's another day. So thank you for listening to me. The badass MVP. I hope that um, me sharing my humanity with you uh, makes you feel better about your humanity. So thanks. Bye. Oh, my God. Was it good for you? (laughs) it was good for me to have you in my space listen I would love for you to share this podcast sharing is caring I'm everywhere on the internet Facebook Twitter Tumblr Google Plus Medium Instagram and in 20 years I may be my own app or a giant head stuck in a jar like uh, Futurama (laughs) but I'm everywhere so dig it so share I am efabuloushb.com and at efabuloushb everywhere on the internet. So, as always, it's been real. May you go out into the world a bit happier, joyful, or more damn astounded after listening to my podcast. More Dribble from me is coming soon. Stay woke. God bless. Bye.